Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whatever time you are tuning in. Welcome to Homesteading and Gardening in the Suburbs. I'm Emma from Misfit Gardening and I'm so excited that you are joining me today. And first of all, I want to apologize to all of you dear listeners um, because I didn't get a podcast episode out on Sunday like I normally do. And as some of you may have seen in the Facebook group, that's because we were having some technical difficulties because we're moving. Now, one of the things that we did as we started our homesteading journey was this was always like a training ground. This was always kind of practicing for getting more property. And we've learned a lot of skills on the way. We've made some horrific mistakes along the way. And, you know, we've had some really successful wins along the way as well. But all of this was really in preparation for us to be getting land. And finally, this is going to be happening. So I'm very excited um, to formally announce that we're going to be moving. And we're going to be moving to somewhere that wasn't quite expected. So we had been wanting to get to Texas for a long time. Um, My husband's from Texas. We have family in Texas. Texas seemed to make a lot of sense, right? Longer growing season warmer weather, family nearby, all of those things. However, Texas didn't quite work out. Um, And I have an amazing opportunity um, for a career out on the Northeast. So we're going to be moving to beautiful New England. And I'm very excited to really learn to grow a garden again somewhere else and somewhere new and that's one of the exciting things um with you know starting a homestead for the first time um even you know one in your own backyard right is all the possibilities that you know may come from that and one of the things that I'm really excited about is actually starting to grow um a garden again in a different climate so I'm moving from a zone 7 a garden to maybe a zone five, maybe a zone four. I'm not entirely sure on the zoning yet because we've got to figure out um, some last few details like putting an offer in on um, the homestead that we want. So we're going to be having a very, very exciting trip um, to New England and getting to see some really great places. But one of the things that I wanted to talk about in this episode is some things that having a homestead has really taught me because I, you know, I'm one of those people that like to plan and, you know, have a very solid plan together. And if you've been listening to the podcast a while, you know that, um, you know, I'm always planning my garden. I'm working out where things are going to be growing, like what the succession planting is going to look like. You know, I'm always kind of planning the garden. And there's some other skills that have come through with um, growing your own food and having this more of a kind of homesteading lifestyle and you know it's it's not for everybody um you know I will be honest it really isn't for everybody and there have been times when you know my husband and I have looked at each other and we've been like I don't know that this is kind of the right thing for us but we are always drawn back to having kind of a homestead um even where we're living right now in Utah so 
let's get on with today's episode and talk about some things that homesteading has really taught us in the the five almost six years that we have been doing this on our property here in Utah. So the first thing is being resourceful, right? Making something from scratch that we needed, like, for example, makeup removal pads, right? During the pandemic, I couldn't find any cotton balls and I didn't have any makeup removal pads, right? And I always wear waterproof mascara, which is a pain to remove without like makeup removal pads or cotton balls, right? And I ended up um, making some from scratch. I had scraps of terry towel, like cloth left and some printed cotton from my unpaper towel, like reusable cleanup cloths for the kitchen project. So I ended up making like little squares um, that became makeup removal pads and they worked great. Um, you know, I had a friend who made some by crocheting and, you know, like little face scrubbies and stuff. And those work great too. And what I love about reusable stuff is you just shove it in the washing machine, you run it on a hot wash and it's good to go again after it's dry right I absolutely love reusable stuff <laughs> probably drives my family crazy because I won't buy paper towels and stuff um but you know I really like having things that are reusable right um and you know the same thing as we we plan to move right I realized that I need a storage kind of net rack thing for inside of my car um at the roof to use some of that space um you know for like when I drive with the dogs you know I need someone to put like water bowls and you know water bottles and you know my yarn that I'm bringing with me right you know blankets hoodies all of that sort of stuff right things that I'm gonna need easy access to um and isn't like hidden underneath all the seats that I've got to put the seats back and then dig through everything right and I couldn't find what I was looking for so I've ended up like crocheting a net um with some ties on it and it works beautifully you know I managed to use up like oddments of yarn that I was given and I made something really useful but being a homesteader even in a suburban setting like we've learned to become a lot more resourceful of what we already have and how to really kind of you know make use of things in different ways like repurpose stuff um, and that's kind of a, a fun project in itself is to be repurposing things into something else new but also using the resources that you have so you know when we've got things that you know kitchen scraps that could be composted they absolutely go into the compost that then helps to feed the garden like I don't I've not bought sort of fertilizers and things you know organic fertilizers for a number of years like the ones that I've had you know I use occasionally if it looks like the plants are needing a little bit of a pick-me-up but almost everything is reliant on the compost and that's just coming straight from the garden it's a full circle system so we're kind of at a point now where the garden's 
very self-sufficient. You know, we're now seed saving heavily from the garden, right? All of the seeds that I have been saving over the last couple of years, they're all going to be used again, even though I'm in a different climate, because you never know, right? I talk a lot about having, um, you know, saving seeds from your own garden, because you're building that resilience into your plants that you're growing to really hone in and grow well where you live. Well, plants and their seeds are full of diverse genetics and putting them in a different climate you'll see some other traits that start to come through so I've been you know working on a seed saving project for my leeks where I grew my leeks totally uncovered and I've got seeds to save well guess what they're going to be getting grown um, up in the northeast some are probably going to be uncovered and again the ones that make it through and survive I'm going to be saving seeds from those and then next season after that then I'll start growing them out and start selecting for things like having you know the ones with the fatter stalks or the skinnier stalks or whatever kind of traits that I decide to to go from there and that's kind of an exciting um, experiment and a resourceful experiment in itself because you're you know then reducing your reliance on having to be purchasing seeds all the time um, you know because you've got things that are going to be growing well now Granted, I will say that a lot of my seed collection, because we were looking at moving to Texas, was very heavily focused on things that grow very well in the southern states. So I have a lot of watermelon seeds because I adore watermelon. And this is the first year here in Utah that, um, you know, we've had a really good crop of watermelon. Um, I've grown watermelon before, but it was always kind of the small varieties. This one, I've actually got a decent sized one growing. And we're going to be moving so whoever buys my house is going to hopefully enjoy a nice organically grown large watermelon <laughs> but not just watermelon also got a lot of things like southern peas cow peas um okra um lots of things like that that grow very well in those kind of higher temperature and um humid climates even long beans got some of those really um you know the yard long um asian beans again, all grow very well in those kind of climates. Um, Not so much on a shorter, um, you know, growing season. So there's going to be an element of seed swapping that is going to be happening. Um, So I can swap out some of those seeds for something that is going to be growing a little bit better in a shorter season. Um, So I would love to know from you, if you are up in the New England area, what varieties of vegetables grow best for you? I would love to know. Um, and if you are in the southern states and you want to do a seed swap, then also let me know um, because we can definitely do a seed swap and I can help you with your um, seed collection too. All right, let's talk about uh, the next thing that um, homesteading has taught us and that is gratitude um, because homesteading has really taught me especially to appreciate the little things right the first ripe black currants or the first ripe blackberries of the season the first spring salad um being able to just sit and look at the garden on an evening and enjoy the birds singing and the bees buzzing or seeing a hummingbird visit the flowers right really kind of enjoying things in the moment 
and being very thankful for having those moments because all the fancy gadgets um you know really don't even compare to moments of gratitude and joy that being in the garden brings and i know a lot of you kind of have that same feeling especially with your new garden kind of now seeing it starting to be incredibly productive and producing things there's there's that that moment where you know whether it's finding your first egg from raising your own chickens or you know it's finding the first ripe strawberry there's that element of excitement that's there and being incredibly grateful for the the harvest that you're having and it's something that you grew yourself you nurtured it and it produced something and it tasted great right um there's just something truly wonderful about that and i'd really like to know from you like what things have brought you joy and gratitude in your garden so let me know in the facebook group um what that has been for you but gratitude isn't just you know from the first that have happened on the homestead like the first egg or the first tomato off the vine right um you know we've also been very grateful to be able to spend quality time with each other right like I've been very grateful for spending time with my husband making things for our home um you know like a wooden bench that you know he's been working on or a quilt that we have been working on together right and you know even something as simple as home cooked from scratch meals right like going out into the garden harvesting stuff together and then we cook it together for dinner like those have been really you know wonderful times and when um i had family visiting um my step granddaughter i guess would be how that works um you know she was visiting and she's three and um you know she wanted to go out to the garden and she was helping me pick tomatoes and i mean it was trying to keep her out the garden <laughs> that became um you know the challenge after that because she loved being in the garden she loved like harvesting all of these beautiful red tomatoes off the vine and then she was eating them all which was fine right kids kids you want to help them eat the vegetables um i mean she she was helping me harvest carrots and stuff that were coming out of the garden granted they were tiny carrots we called them fairy carrots um and you know she she was enjoying every moment of it and it was really lovely to to see so you know there's lots of you know moments of of joy and um, fun that come from having a homestead or having a garden and gratitude really comes from so many places on the homestead it, it really does um whether it is you know looking at something that you have made completely from scratch right let's say you have made a quilt from like old clothing or scraps that you have found you know around the house right or you have built your first garden boxes or just straight up you have built your first garden bed or you're growing flowers for a big occasion like a wedding or something and you are you know using the flowers that you've bought for your own wedding right there's just so much that comes from having a garden number three on the list is saving money and um, that probably doesn't come as a surprise for you <laughs> 
But being resourceful and appreciating the little things naturally leads you to spending less money, right? Eating from the garden means that I go grocery shopping far less. Um, Doing things like the pantry challenge or the store cupboard challenge means that I get to be creative in using up what we already have. And you can do those things too, right? The pantry challenge or the store cupboard challenge is basically where you, um, you take inventory of everything that you have in your freezers, your pantries, your cupboards, right? Um, You write it all down and then you don't go to the grocery store. You're basically challenged with trying to make meals with what you already have. Um, You know, obviously now this is, you know, a really great time because, you know, the internet is available and there's, you know, you can search for recipes just based on certain ingredients, right? You can type in different ingredients for stuff. I don't know, like, um, ground beef, pickles, cheese, whatever, and it'll, you know, find a recipe that uses those ingredients. Um, there's one that's like a hamburger casserole I think it's called and it really does use those ingredients <laughs> and it was it was pretty good when when I ate meat um uh, my family certainly would eat that now I don't eat meat anymore um but you know being able to kind of get a little bit creative um in making something and then you know we portion out the leftovers and you know we'll have those again a different day in the week or we'll pop them in the freezer and then pull them out for a fast meal later that's uh, definitely a tip from my mum she batch cooks things and you know there was meal for her meal for my dad Um, maybe there will be a meal again for the next day um, but more often than not what they do is just divvy it up into two portions and then pop it in the freezer and then they pull it out on a day when they're feeling a little lazy and they don't want to cook anything. So um, anyway, but saving money has been, you know, a big thing of what we've been doing on the homestead, right? I mean, paying off debt is always smart and, you know, I'm normal. I have mortgage, car payments, all that kind of stuff too. Um, But you know realistically our fun and our hobbies happen here at the homestead and we're not necessarily worrying about you know money things because we've learned to be a lot more resourceful and use what we already have and you know make things do where where possible right I mean whether it was um you know making a quilt you know, or reusable on paper towels from things that we already had. Um, that's kind of very much the norm for homesteaders and pioneers, right? They're they're not exactly rolling in the dough, um, unless it was bread dough or pastry dough because they were cooking from scratch. Um, but you know, I've got my grandmother's quilt, and it's made from you know, little hexagons from old clothes. I mean, it's very retro, like super 60s, 70s and 50s. Um, And I love that, that I love it. Um, But, you know, that's pretty typical, right? You know, if you look at quilts made in the 30s or quilts made in the 1800s or even before, you know, they were made from scraps of fabric like old feed sacks or old clothing like bits of calico from from dresses right it's pretty pretty normal um but particularly for my grandmother's quilt 
you know it's all these pieces from old clothes but it's been paper pieced together from newspapers and for the the guide for the tv you know like what's on this week on the tv um from the uk and it's kind of fun like looking at the back of it and seeing if like i can kind of guess like which era the the newspaper clipping or um the the guide clippings from right it's kind of fun to to do that um but you know even things like writing down her recipes like I've got my grandmother's like recipe binder and half of them are written on like little scraps of paper or um, bits of cardboard that have come from like food packaging and stuff because you know she was obviously brought up like during the second world war and you know it was very much like reuse repurpose reuse repurpose and that kind of got ingrained um, in both my husband and I when we were younger because we do the same kind of thing now Um, but yeah definitely like old bits of envelope even packaging right um you know we very heavily take a leaf from the depression era and there's my my husband's grandfather saying which probably should be a motto like above the door at our homestead which is use it up wear it out make it do or do without and you know that's that's such a great um you know motto to go by and we do it every single day um so i would love to know from you guys what other things that you have used up worn out made it do or done without on your homestead i would love to know all right and lastly is self-reliance right knowing that you can do this because you can do this and homesteading is really ingrained in you know who i am as a person but by practicing and living a homesteading kind of lifestyle here in the suburbs has given me confidence that i can figure things out and do it right because i've done it you know i've practiced and i've messed up stuff and you know i've eventually you know somewhat mastered how to to do certain things right like growing a garden um cooking from scratch right with fresh ingredients and preserving food like i feel i've mastered preserving food um and you can do that too right my bread making is still somewhat to be desired um there is a video on youtube of a bread loaf that i made that was so tough you could hit it with a cast iron frying pan and it didn't make a dent it probably like made a dent in the cast iron frying pan to be honest um but you know there's there's still some things that you know i need to work on and bread making is one of them um but you know really it's all about practice you know practice makes perfect and it really does um and you know you'll only know if you can do something by trying to do it so you know even as we're about to begin the next chapter in our adventure and and, you know, here at Misfit Gardening with a slightly bigger property, right? I'm not going in for, you know, 80 acres or anything crazy like that. I'm, you know, still looking small, right? Like this, honestly, the smaller subsistence farms make up so much more of the farming community globally than some of these, you know, really big farms that are just kind of monocropping things. And that's kind of where we want. We want, you know, a 
smaller scale subsistence farming um you know that i can practice my seed saving and things on and create varieties that are going to be you know highly successful in the environment that we are but you know one of the things that i have come to realize during this journey of homesteading is that you know i know that i've got the skills that translate to homesteading in another part of the us or anywhere else for that matter right and of course there's ups and downs in a garden or on a homestead even with family or at work right it's it's pretty normal as part of life and help us shape our next chapter our next move or our next project even right if something doesn't quite work in the garden we want to try something different and maybe that'll work better right but it's all a big experiment and one of the things that you know is incredibly helpful particularly um as you move down a more self-reliance kind of world is you know having that journal of you know what worked well what didn't work well what you tried right and building that knowledge base um is going to really help you succeed especially in the garden <laughs> right and that's that's where i spent a lot of my time is journaling for the garden right and you know writing down things like when the pest showed up when the first tomatoes came ripe when i planted the plants what i fed them with like how i planted them and what works best like for me like one of the things that works the the best is is that slightly uncomposted material um you know being used and then mulching them heavily and they've just kind of fed themselves that's been the best technique that i have had with tomatoes so far here in utah it might not work so much well in the you know new england area but you know what? I'm going to be giving it a try to see. Anyway, I hope you found this episode useful. I would love to know from you in the Facebook group, what are the things that homesteading or growing a garden has taught you in the last um, few years? Or if this is your new garden and new homestead, what has it taught you recently? I would love to know. Um, but until next time, I hope your garden grows beautifully and I'll see you all next week.